Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode for you today. It's April special. April AF. It's <laughs> National Empanada Day. Empanadas, April, let's do it. Yeah. Feeling good. Get yourself out there. Find a taco truck. Get some empanadas. All right. We'll do Sky Scoreboard Stumper. Then we'll do the Flex Seal of the Week. We've got three notable jabronis. We will then dive into our Hall of Fame inductee, Bip Roberts. We'll get Scotty's Stumper answer. We'll play Sloppy Top. We'll go to church and send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard Stumper Scotty. All right. So as we know, John Stockton leads all-time in NBA assists. So, yeah, I definitely knew that. Yeah, duh, but duh. I just, you know, it was a refresh. I just wanted to let, remind everybody that John Stockton was a badass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right now, um, I want to know how many active players are in the top 10 in all-time assists. Currently active players right now in 2021, how many are active and in the top 10 in all-time assists one zero two or four i think there's more than one so i'm gonna go with two all right we'll go with two okay we'll get back to that we'll get back to that later all right our flex seal of the week. Each week we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of their organization. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. This week's flex seal of the week is Carolina Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold. <laughs> the Jets traded him away for three draft picks to compete with Teddy Bridgewater of the Carolina Panthers for the starting job. So the, the the funny thing about this is that they were actively shopping Teddy Bridgewater to be to try to trade him elsewhere, and it didn't work out. And they weren't willing to give more than three draft picks, none of them first round, to get Sam Darnold. Or this year. Well, there's, <laughs> w- there's one this year, oh, but it's yeah. a late pick, yeah. and then it's a second and fourth second, round yeah. the next year, but it's like... It's like a six-round pick this year, yeah, and then like a second and a fourth in 2022. So like, all right, you two guys that we clearly have no respect for, like, you guys grind it out for the starter job. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's pretty much like toss it, like break a pool cue, toss it between them, <laughs> and like whoever survives, they'll keep, but like not willingly. Like, look, we don't really care that much about either of you, but <laughs> one of you will be our starting quarterback. We care about you this this much. This much. <laughs> Congratulations, right. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, <laughs> this week's Flex Seal of the Week. Um, Notable jabronis. Yeah, let's move into notable, notable jabronis. We've got right a to... baseball, we've got a football, yeah. and we've got a basketball. Baseball. Rob Manfred. <laughs> he, uh, he tried to dish out uh, currently... Currently being appealed suspension of Nick Castellanos for two games. Yeah, it, Castellanos got in this pitcher's face and like was celebrating joyously. He got hit by the pitch to, to begin the inning, made his way around to third, and then a wild pitch scored. So you'd be amped up too if the dude who intentionally hit you 
for your home run on opening day. Like he hustled first to third, and then on the wild pitch when he scored, the pitcher actually ran into him trying to cover home plate. So he ran. Not only did he throw the ball at him, um, he also ran into him at home plate when he tried to score. I mean, and then ultimately he didn't even end up reacting all that much. No, not at all. Really, once the fight started, like Molina kind of pushed Castellanos away and that was kind of the end of it no, for him. Molina pushed an umpire on the way to Castellanos. Castellanos put his arms behind his back and, and listened to what that old fuck had to say. But <laughs> I don't know how Molina didn't get yeah. Just another case. Yeah, Yadier Molina, you're a jabroni too. Rob Manfred, Yadier Molina, side jab. Side jab. <laughs> side jab. Side jab organization. All right, moving on. Uh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. He's been um, he's been part of some major jabronizations over the past uh, year and a half on this. He's consistent, podcast. you know. If he so, keeps it up, maybe Jabroni of the Year, maybe <laughs> he's up there. But uh, he's taking over the Dalton-led Bears offense. Yeah, you know, it, he's gonna he, he announced that he is now gonna be calling the offensive play calls. Uh, he doesn't have to deal with Trubisky anymore, really. But it's like, what's that going to improve? You're just going to make Andy Dalton shitty, too? I mean, shit or shitty than he already, already is? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't really have much to say about Matt Nagy other than, yeah, okay. Like, Matt Nagy to me is, yeah, he probably is a front runner for uh, Brony of the Year, um, yeah, Golden Peach, because he just seems like the new Adam Gase, where yeah, it's like yeah. he's supposed to be an offensive mind, and the reason he's not doing well is because he isn't the offensive mind that they yeah. thought he was. <laughs> it's like one thing to tr- – like Adam Gase and Matt Nagy might have this in common. It's one thing to, like, trend downward, but it's another thing to, like, trend like a burning helicopter flying – like, falling from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Like it, it's gonna, he's gonna get there. He's gonna, yeah, maybe it's a gate, the Gase Honoree Award. Maybe, whatever. <laughs> All right, man. Now you, we're done with you. We're done with you. All right, Kevin Durant. Yeah, of course, he's in, in the news for stuff that doesn't happen on the court like he usually does. <laughs> you know, he's usually injured or something like that. But uh, he got into it with Michael Rappaport over private messaging and used some pretty colorful language that was both, like, misogynistic, homophobic, just pretty much slurs left and right. And Rappaport reported, like, like kind of like, like he posted the, 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 the private messages. <laughs> and the thing is, the funny thing is, okay, so the NBA fines Durant 50 grand for this right but now all these people are like seriously like giving michael rapport death threats because because of him posting this like maybe oh he, my god i, I, don't, I mean it, i don't think it tries to fall you can't cancel kevin durant really <laughs> he's still employed by the by the brooklyn nets <laughs> he's just gonna make another twitter account <laughs> right and it's fifty thousand dollars to kevin durant like he made that yesterday alone like <laughs> kevin durant Sometimes he's a great guy. Sometimes, and sometimes he just seems like a shit ass. So, yeah, we're done with you. Yeah. Also, all right. So, without further ado, we will get into this week's Hall of Fame inductee, Bip Roberts. Leon Joseph Roberts the third, nicknamed Bip, was born on October twenty seventh, nineteen sixty three, in Berkeley, California. Growing up in Oakland, drugs were prevalent in Bip's immediate atmosphere. They were right there at home. Turning to drugs would have been all too easy, but at an early age, Bip turned to baseball instead. Bip knew by age five that he was going to play pro ball, and by high school, others were starting to believe the five foot seven youngster. 
At Skyline High, Bit became the first sophomore to ever be selected to the All-City team. It was also the school's first ever All-American. That's awesome. Yeah. Every scout in the land knew all about Leon Joseph Roberts III, and they were calling upon his services. Both Cal and UNLV were offering Bip a full scholarship, while the Pittsburgh Pirates drafted him in the fourth round and offered him $20,000. Bip's mother was adamant about getting him out of the life around crack cocaine and would not give the youth a choice, sending him to UNLV, where he would be under the watchful eye of his uncle, former NFL player Roy Shivers. Roberts didn't even last a semester. He developed a hernia that trainers told him was just a groin injury and didn't believe his diagnosis, rather believing that Bip was making it up. He said, they thought I was faking it. (laughs) Here I am out for two months and they're still calling it a pulled groin. I had to get out of there. Yeah. (sighs) Roberts would undergo hernia surgery and during the winter break would transfer to Shabbat junior college and come spring when the pirates drafted him again he quickly accepted the forty thousand dollar offer the switch hitting speedster would spend three years in the pirates minor league system before having his contract selected by the san diego padres in the rule five draft of 1985 bip would work his way up through the minor leagues before reaching triple a ball where he hit 306 and stole 39 bases in 1987 and 353 in 1988 while stealing a respectable 45 bases the Padres had seen enough at this point and brought Bip to the major leagues in 1989, where he did not disappoint, hitting for a 301 average, 21 stolen bases, and counting, and counting for 81 runs. In 1989, he also played all the outfield positions, as well as third base, second base, and shortstop. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. 1990 would be Bip's coming out party, finishing sixth in the National League in batting average at a 306 clip, accounting for 104 runs scored and nine home runs. The Padres named him their team MVP that year, and though he looked to be a mainstay with the team, Bip was unable to play his natural position as second base, a position that was held by rookie phenom Roberto Alomar. (laughs) As fate would have it, a blockbuster trade of Joe Carter and Alomar to the Toronto Blue Jays brought Fred McGriff and Tony Fernandez to the Padres, and Bip would become the regular second baseman for the 1991 season. Roberts dealt with nagging injuries, but still finished with 26 stolen bases and maintained a 281 batting average. Nice. Lots of name jobs there. Baseball is a business, and following the 91 season, Bip would be traded off to the Cincinnati Reds for closer Randy Myers, when Randy Myers was still good. (laughs) When he was still good. In 1992, the Bipster would make his first ever All-Star game appearance, going two for two with two RBIs in the Summer Classic. He'd also finish eighth in NL MVP voting, posting 44 stolen bases and a 323 average. The next season, 1993, was an injury-plagued one, not just for Bip, but for his Reds teammates as well. Bip was limited to 83 games, though he stole 26 bases, while stars Barry Larkin, Hal Morris, Roberto Kelly, and Kevin Mitchell all went down with injuries as well, making the 93 season a total wash. The following year, the Padres brought Bip back, but playing time was limited due to a shortened season from a player's strike, and Bip was again dealing with injuries. Before the 1996 season, Roberts was dealt to the Kansas City Royals for first baseman Wally Joyner. <laughs> Man, he was part of a lot of trades. Yeah. Adapting to the American League was difficult for the Bipster as he found hitting to be difficult, and he had also lost some of his speed on the base pass. Bip would continue to get traded, and unfortunately it was always within the American League, bouncing between Cleveland, Toronto, Detroit, and even Oakland for his last stop. 
Bip Roberts ended up having a 12-year major league career where he hit 293 with 352 RBIs and 264 stolen bases. He was a very underrated player and will always be a fan favorite in San Diego and Cincinnati. In 2008, Bip took over head coaching duties for his alma mater Skyline High School baseball team and currently is featured in the Oakland A's pregame shows. Outside of baseball, Roberts donates his time to the Students Rising Above Foundation, which helps low-income, at-risk Bay Area kids overcome obstacles. Bip Roberts, the average-looking guy who made it big, true leadoff man and legend. Absolutely. Yeah, there were, there, yeah, there were lots of drugs around his home. Uh, Bip. Yeah, were you able to find Bip, anything more about yeah, that? Yeah, he got out of it. His, his dad, like, um, his dad finally like uh, needed like severe help when Bip was only 27. And Bip and his wife Janina like really helped him out. And it was like a year later that uh, his dad got to see him play after like a, like a full year of sobriety. This dad finally got to see him like in person. That's neat. Where, like, but, like so Bip was 28, and his dad was for the first time seeing him in a major league b- baseball uniform in person, like play. He'd only see him on, seen him on TV because like they they distanced from him because it was hard. But I mean. To be like five seven and just rip through the majors like that, like the guy's not going to hit a ton, a ton of home runs. But that's why we loved him. He was a gamer. He always, I always liked how he he was a leadoff type hitter, but he always hit for a high average. Like so many times with these guys who can run, you're like, if they could just get on base, and yeah. then they can't. Like Ricky Henderson was a, like obviously the prototypical leadoff hitter or whatever. I think like what bit made Bip interesting was he was a guy who could steal a lot of bases, but he knew how to hit. Like he could, yeah. He could hit 300, 320, you know, like he was consistent hitter too. Like he, he consistently put up high batting average. Numbers. Yeah. And, and always around the same clip. I mean, yeah, it's a 12 year career marred by injuries and difficulties, but you know, finishing with a 293 average is pretty freaking great. And you got to love the guys who hit well enough that they can play one position every day or for his entire career. Yeah. But he didn't, you know, he's one of those guys that jumped around a lot and, you know, played some <laughs> outfield and some infield, like some shortstop. It's like, um, uh, you know, a lot of times these guys like hit well enough. If your guy who hits 300, if you're like, I'm the second baseman or I'm the right fielder or whatever, usually works to your favor, like somewhere. Yeah. But he jumped around a lot and played a lot of different positions. Like you, you want to play second, but you're like, but they're like, but we have Roberto, Al- Roberto <laughs> Alomar. And you're like. Okay, I mean, but think about it, like Bip. Bip was five foot seven. I'm five foot seven. If you know me, that's how big big Bip was. Really, <laughs> <laughs> he was a quick little guy though. I'm five eight on a good day. <laughs> All right, so Bip Roberts, truly a legend. Now Scott Tedford Barnes, hit me with that scoreboard stumper answer. All right, I wanted to know how many um, active NBA players are within the top 10 in all-time assists was it zero one four or two nick i guess two just because lebron's had a long enough career i've seen him i'm not a i don't follow the nba as closely as most but i i know he has a lot of assists he might not even be one of the ones but i know there's still a lot of guards out there that are like that have played a long time and still act well yeah one is lebron you were right with you were right with two one is lebron Who's the other one? Okay. So uh, I think I know who it is. Does he play for the same team? No. <laughs> All right. I was going to say Rondo. but um, Rondo is actually number 15. So he's close. He, yeah, he's close. But he was the reason I was thinking, too. Russ um, Westbrook has thir- is 13th. So, oh, that makes sense. He has put up a lot in his career. Um, 
Think about this. He's with the Chris Phoenix. Paul. Yep. <laughs> nice. Chris Paul is sixth all time with ten thousand and seventy four. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 ups your average. That puts on the me back stumper. over five hundred for the year. There we go. I got five a, and four now. Well, we got baseball season. We're gonna. It's gonna be a long summer. We're gonna see how you. <laughs> See how your average pans out after that. See if you hit a slump. I'll be I'll be better <laughs> off on baseball season, I feel like, but maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, so that brings us to Sloppy Top. Sloppy Top, our wordplay segment. This week's Sloppy Top topic is Pirates third baseman Philip Evans moved over to the mound to pitch in Tuesday night's Reds blowout losing at a time where they were losing 14 to nothing, and he pitched a 1-2-3 inning. Uh, so we want, what do, we want to know what do you call it when a position player pitches a 1-2-3 inning? Yeah, so the position player moves from one position in the field then moves to pitcher just because it's a... It's, the game's over. A lot of times, shortstops. A lot yeah. of times, teams Paul use a shortstop. Yeah, we saw Giannis <laughs> a few times. Yeah. as a Reds fan. Um, uh, Frazier, Todd Frazier. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's out there trying to throw knuckles and stuff. But yeah, we want to know. But like, we've seen players do that, and it goes. It, it's always fun to watch. But we want to know like what we, to call it when that player goes one, two, three on that inning, gets all the batters out in, in order. It's like winning an award when you didn't expect it. You're like, I don't know what to say. I didn't have anything prepared. It's like a, it's like a deluxe. <laughs> a deluxe inning. It's like getting a whole nother cheeseburger when you only ordered one at McDonald's. So there's like a mercy like a mercy kill, but but, but that's the thing. If you if you move from a position and you pitch three three outs in a row, you just crushed it. Like maybe it's like a like a like up, you need to update your resume. <laughs> like, I demand more money because I can also. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're taking on added responsibilities. That's like you come into work and they're like, you're not going to be a server today. You're going to be a cook. And you're closing. And you're like, what? <laughs> I'm going to be a cook. Maybe maybe it's in some form it's like a hold, too, because it is a hold. <laughs> he didn't stop us from scoring more runs. A salvage. Yeah. Okay. It's a salvage because you're because you're. You're saving your real pitcher's arms because you don't need to use like one of your real pitchers in a game where you're losing 14 to nothing. You're thrifting for strikes. Thrifting. <laughs> <laughs> You've already got guys out there. Why warm up another pitcher? You thrifted it. You got it from somewhere else, and you threw it out there, and it worked. You thrifted the, pi- thrifted the pitcher. <laughs> DIY. DIY. <laughs> DIY pitching. <laughs> a DIY one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Do it your damn self. <laughs> we, we didn't even need the pitcher. Yeah. We just did it ourselves without him. We literally did not have a pitcher. Pitchers, we have a third baseman. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. It's practically the same thing. Yes. <laughs> like s- second-hand reliever? Third world pitcher. <laughs> Third world pitcher. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Maybe like a co- cup of coffee in the big time, because coffee is for closers only. Yeah, but they're not. <laughs> I guess they usually do use them at the end of games. You're right. Yeah, like it's usually the it's last. It's trash innings. Or yeah, it's like the eighth or ninth. 
And because you got them out one, two, three, it is like your cup of coffee. And it like it's and it's only a term that we would use like for major league. Because any on any other level, it's kind of like you do have guys that pitch and play the field, like college, high school, etc. It has to be like a major league situation. Because even if it's a minor league situation, it's like some of these guys played shortstop and pitched in college. You're only like one or two years removed from that. Oh yeah, I think that's probably why they use Phil Bevins because he's still young. Like he probably pitched three years ago. Or something yeah, somewhere. like college or <laughs> yeah. something. So it has to be the major leagues. But no, I think we should do a shout out to last year's um, yeah, to Macho Man. Last year's Golden Peach for um, inductee of the inductee year. Inductee of the year. Yeah, I think we should use that as a throwback for the slot. And time. video clip of the year. And, and yeah, the audio clip of the year. Ooh, yeah. Cup of coffee in the big I'm a chameleon. Um, so, yeah, it's your cup of coffee. And, and, and we will make sure to cover every cup of coffee in the big time this the rest of this, this season. Sounds like, good, yeah. We'll, we'll play that clip, the cup of coffee, yeah. Yeah. So anytime a pitcher comes in and, you know, or a position player comes in and gets a one, two, three, uh, we will cover them in our new cup, cup of, of coffee, coffee in the, the big, big time segment. Yeah. So, uh, Philip Evans, Pirates third baseman, congratulations on your cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah. Next, we move on to church. Let's church it up. We've got thoughts and prayers for Fernando Tatis Jr., <laughs> who, Bo Jackson style, is just so strong that he injured himself, just overpowering his structure. Yeah, he went way through, way too far through a swing that he had no business even taking. It was a huge cut, and he his, his left arm came around on the follow through, and he separated his shoulder. It looked like it looked like a Looney Tunes type thing, where it was like he was wrapping his arm around his body a second time. <laughs> yeah, like when MJ was stretching for the basket. <laughs> it's like the momentum of his swing; like he just swung so hard that the momentum just kind of carried it. Yeah, so it's, supposedly it's a re- reoccurring injury for him, too. So, I mean, if this guy wants to have a great career, then do it and take care of yourself, unless you want to end up do the surgery on our podcast as a subject about a guy whose career could have been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you want to be a Hall of Fame inductee or a Legend of Sports Ball inductee, sir? You can be both. <laughs> you can also be neither. <laughs> <laughs> We are not exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. Tune in next week as we deep dive Ricky William. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always.